Wake Up War Chant, fueled by DeLuna Coffee. Come explore our world of coffee. Established in 2014, DeLuna Coffee is owned and operated by Ed, Courtney, and Brett Lemmix. Lifelong FSU fans and Seminole boosters, Ed, class of 79, and son, Brett, class of 2009, along with Miss Courtney, can regularly be found tailgating near the Unconquered statue. Wake up with their breakfast blend called Five Flags, named after the five flags of their city, Pensacola. Higher caffeine because of the light roast, it is their unique blend of Mexican, Colombian, and Ethiopian Yurgachev beans. Use the promo code WARCHANT15 for a 15% discount. Visit DeLunaCoffee.com and check out their Facebook and Instagram. From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. Tell me to pieces, I'm on my knees. I'm suffocating and I can't break free. Welcome on in live on a Thursday night. It's your Friday podcast. It's Wake Up or Chant Live uh, right now, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Since we are live, a co sponsor along with our great friends over at Deluna Coffee. DelunaCoffee.com. Come explore our world of coffee. Use the promo code WARCHANT15 when you go to DelunaCoffee.com. You'll get 15% off your order. You can't go wrong with anything. We kind of like the bundles, though. The bundles are cool because you get coffee or you get hot cocoa and a sweet treat. And then these sweet tumblers that I just it just uh, you were like, oh, so you never use it because you just pull it out all the time. I've got two and mm. the other one's always being used. So it's like your burner. you got your burner mug exactly. and your real mug. Well said, Corey. Warchant.com, the ultimate symbol sports source. Thanks for being here, everybody. If you could hit that thumbs up watching us live on YouTube, we'd appreciate it. It sends it out there. More people know about it. Like, oh, there's. There's people that talk about Florida State all the time, nonstop, on YouTube for free. I'll go check it out. So thumbs up, subscribe. Only $10 to subscribe to Warchant.com for an entire year. All that's awesome. Uh, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, also awesome. You'll be there live tomorrow, 530 to 630, right, Corey Clark? That's correct, with uh, the great Jeff Cameron. Uh, Aslan might be stopping by. I don't want to promise anything, but he he – he suggested he might, but we'll see. And we just did we just lose Aslan? I'm it? here. It's my okay. camera goes out every now and then. Okay, good. Well, that's the real the real face is is still here. The real face is still here, everyone. You get to see this bad boy. That's all anybody really needs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll be there uh 5 30 to 6 30. Well, look, the show ends at 6 30. Who am I kidding? We'll be there pretty late. We'll be there a, a good bit after 6 30, I would imagine. Plus, the Braves will be playing in a uh, playoff game. So I'll probably be there watching a little bit of that. Real quick, let's talk about what we're wearing. You first, Corey. What you got yeah, on man. there, champ? Well, I, I just like to represent. Well, number one, this is, I know it says ACC Digital Network, but it's all encompassing. I just love this conference no matter what. So I try to rep it as much as possible. So that's what I'm wearing. I should have kept, should I have stayed with what I was wearing before you uh, You told me you, you, you made fun of what I was wearing? Well, we because want, I was an want, undershirt. We don't want to make the lady swoon. So I think it's good, good that you point. put a t-shirt on. I don't and I don't want Stephanie to get jealous of like all the comments that would be in the chat about, oh my gosh, look at that. So that's that you're that's a good point, Aslan. Yeah. This is a uh, Boca Raton Firefighters Benevolent Association shirt. I think it says Boca on the back. Mm. Does it? Can you confirm? It does. It says Boca Fire established <laughs> something, 1970. I can't read that. I'm sorry. Well, guess what, Corey? You've got one, and you've got one that's white with a hood on it. These came from our good friend, T. Giddy, Thomas Giddings, who sent us those awesome Florida State ice hockey shirts. 
I got in the mail yesterday. He sent us, he sent two for each of us. So there's a blue one and then a white one with a hood. It doesn't, it's a different design, but this one, I'm wearing this one to the gym. The ladies are going to love it. Who doesn't love a firefighter and Boca? Like it's me trying to be hard and tough. Is that, I was going to say, I, I really do appreciate it. I'm sure I'll wear it out at some point, yeah. but isn't that kind of stolen valor type thing? If you wear a shirt representing like you're a fireman when no. I've, I've never been close to a fire. It's part of the benevolent association. Oh, so it's okay. Like, All right. Helping, okay, yeah, like I'm a, a right. I just don't want people to give me a side eye. Like, man, you're not a fireman. It's like, I never said I was just because I'm wearing this shirt that says I am. No, two uh, two things I want to touch on before we dive into the comments, which, by the way, shout out to our guy, Ralph. Uh, he was on hold yesterday during the recruiting chat, listening, waiting. Then I hung up on him. What did I do to you? Nothing. My my Internet went out temporarily during the mm. show, so I'm guessing mm. that's what happened. Sure. Uh, you unfortunately uh, caught that one. Sorry. So let's start off with your T-shirt, Corey. I haven't read the story. I saw it on the bottom line, uh, but it sounds like commissioner for the ACC, uh, Jim Phillips, sounds a little bit open to finally signing off on this whole expansion for the playoff. And not only 2026, I mean, they're going to go to 12 teams. Yeah. I shouldn't say it that way. They're going to 12 teams. But if I could just brag real quick, you know, 2026 is the, the target date. And they're talking about maybe moving it up to 2024, which I think, you know, when we talked about expansion conferences, it, it was in the back of my head, it was always, well, you want to make sure you're in one of these top tier conferences because, when they renegotiate the actual playoff package, the money that gets doled out as it is right now, each Power Five conference gets a huge sum of money, like $90 million each, like each conference. As it is now, the group of five, all those schools split something like $60 million between all of them, like Conference yeah. USA, Sun Belt. So I don't know if it would fall to that sort of tier, but the fact that they're going to maybe push it up to 2024, maybe that opens the window. I don't know. Are you more excited about the playoff being sooner expanded or the possibility that the windows opening and realignment might be here once again. No, I'm more excited about the the playoff um, because I just, I can't imagine where even if they do expand Florida state goes to another conference. Um, I don't know when that, I don't know what the timetable would be for that. I, I, I would love, it certainly wouldn't be within a year and a half. I wouldn't think, but where you're, you're all of a sudden you're playing uh, at Auburn and an sec West showdown. I just, I couldn't imagine that happen in the next year and a half, but getting to the playoff um, to 12 teams again, that, that just changes the whole sport. It just does, man. It's not just Georgia, Ohio state, Clemson and Alabama. It's, I don't even know what, the, who's 14th in the country, right? NC TCU state? TCU's in the mix. Oklahoma state would be in the mix. NC uh, state's in the mix. Um, Florida state, if they had won on now that probably would have made the loss even more painful, but if they had won in Raleigh, they'd be in the mix. And in fact, you know, you could argue that if even right now, as it stands, if Florida State were to win its final six games of the season, it's probably a playoff team. If not, it's right on the cusp. So that's the beauty of this thing, man, is like right now, yes, I see there's a bunch of undefeated teams. They won't be undefeated. There will be a couple that when the top 12 playoff format starts, there will be multiple two loss teams in there. Um, if Florida State uh, this year, just using this year as an example, if they go 10 and two, um, with a win over Clemson, then and maybe a win over, I guess that'd include a win over Florida too. That's a that's a resume that you're at least in the conversation, and your chances of doing something special aren't over the first week of October. That's cool, man. It's cool for the sport. It's like right now, Florida State's not even ranked, but they're still at least they would still at least have an outside chance of doing something. Obviously, they have no chance of the playoff now, the way it's currently constructed. 
That's the beauty of this thing, man. That's why I like it so much is that it gets more teams involved. It makes the season matter longer. All right. Well, I love how you're like rooting for the little guy when it comes to this 12-team playoff, but when it comes to poaching players from other programs, you're like, hey, cost of doing business, baby. Baby, we're trying, trying to win games, man. You should have gone to a football school. Absolutely. That kid from Georgia Southern, again, I'm not saying that kicker's coming. I'm just saying you start to hear some rumblings. I'm glad you brought that up, Corey. They say it's better to be lucky than good, but what if you're lucky and good? You're Corey Clark. Apparently, I need to pull up the DM. It's going to take me a second because I don't, I, I'll go on my good computer here, but somebody DM me and said, hey, Azon, that kicker from Georgia Southern that Corey was talking about, I want to give a shout out to uh, Rusty Mosley. FYI, the kicker from GSU that Corey mentioned is the son of FSU All-American golfer Christian Rayner. Oh, Okay. There's a connection, Corey. Make Man, it happen. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out a way it doesn't happen now. And look, we love you, Fitz. Well, if you start making more kicks, the whole fan base will get behind you. But if it doesn't happen, two step, three step, whatever you've done to change your approach, there's guys out there. There's other there's other possibilities out there, and the portal is open. All right. The second thing I want to talk about over at uh, warchant.com. Uh, pretty in, in entertaining thread. I have not voted in this, but I'm going to, I think I can hit the results and see what they pull up since I have moderating power, since I'm currently employed uh, by warchant.com. And the, the thread says, if we upset Clemson, do we rush the field? And there's several options. It says no. embarrassing, only rush. If it's undefeated Miami or Gator teams, I don't care. Uh, FSU shouldn't rush the field, period. Uh, you know, only after winning a national title. There's, there's too many, probably too many options, but let's see what the results are currently. I love you guys. This is why we can we can disagree, but when it comes to it, the brass tacks, the nuts and bolts, the soup and nuts, we agree, everybody. We agree. We're simpatico. 58% of the respondents, 207 of the votes, FSU fans shouldn't rush the field after beating anyone. I wouldn't go that far, Corey, but it needs to be like November, man. And it's probably mm -hmm. only for the only time in my lifetime I can imagine Florida State rushing the field would be against Florida to you know, cement yourself going to the playoff off like a kick six kind of thing or maybe Georgia Tech 2015. Now, it's been a while since we beat Clemson, so maybe it'd be pretty cathartic. If it's 27-20, if it's 27-27, Florida State blocks the kick, returns it, and wins the game in walk-off fashion, maybe, just maybe. But otherwise, I think you need to beat a team in November, a Miami, a Florida, like a really cathartic, huge moment that puts you into cements you. You beat Miami, you cemented, you're winning the Atlantic and going to the ACC Conference Championship or maybe the SEC at that point. What do you think yeah, about pushing the field for you? It's fine. I, look, I, I, I don't really think about it much, but just know it's the students that are doing it. It's not like the boosters are doing it. So that it, it's hard to it's hard to gauge if a 19 year old really understands the history of Florida State football to the point where guys we don't rush the field it's just fun to rush the field so if they beat Florida this year to go 10 and 2 they intercept they have a pick six in overtime to win the game there might be hundreds of students that jump out onto the field and then their friends are going to follow them I don't think it makes the whole fan base look bad like God ah, we're better than this it's it's a bunch of students wanting to go have fun that said um yeah, I, I, I certainly don't. I can't envision a scenario where I would be like, absolutely, you have to rush the field after that. I just assume it'll be some kids wanting to go have fun. Aslan, I agree with you, but I'm going to spend a minute and a half saying that I don't, just so I can, you Just know. throwing it out there. Like, I hate when when whole fan bases get judged on the actions of 20-year-olds. They, they want to go rush the field because they see it happen all the time. It doesn't mean that uh, the Florida State fan base has lowered its standards. 
It means the 20 year olds, you know, they were in middle school when Florida State was winning national championships. They don't know any better. I'm going to say you, you beat Clemson and you rush the field, but then you lose to like Georgia Tech in two weeks or you lose, a, you know, like it's there's way too much season to be played. And then you almost that's when you kind of maybe look like a punchline. But have fun, kids. Just just don't get arrested. And I do think they're pretty strict about it at Doak. Like they they set oh, they up will shoot you. perimeter. <clears throat> no, they'll oh. shoot you in the knee. They're not they're not aiming to kill. They're but they Kent will State, shoot you. Right? It's not Kent yeah. State. Out, out here, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. But let's, by the uh, way, people that are watching this, that, that was a reference to an, uh, something that was said in a previous show this yes. week. I don't want you to think we're making light of the Kent State shooting. Thank you, Corey. You got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Although I guess I sort of did in the last show, but again, it was just a joke. Not a good one. Uh, from Mar-a-Lago, we've got um, a Donald Trump no. asking if, if we were to beat Clemson, will we be in the top 25 the week after this win? Good to see he's still thinking about important stuff. He's prioritizing what really matters. I know it was kind of an eventful day for him, but still. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what the back end of the top 25 looks like, but I would think five and two with a win over Clemson and a should have won over NC State um, gets, you, gets you 23, 24, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, Texas lost to Texas Tech and Bama. Yeah. Who else? Kentucky lost to South Carolina. They got upset. Who's the other? I don't know. Georgia. They already get their beaten by Georgia already. No, they haven't. Then no, they haven't played. I think that was wasn't that. So Kentucky's lost twice. That's what it says on my screen. Oh yeah, they lost to um uh the la like that last play of the game. They got sacked. I mean, Ole Miss. Oh yeah, 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 my boy, my boy Lane. Yeah, my yeah. boy Lane. Where's my boy Lane at? Where is he at right now? They're up high, man. Look They're at that playoff contention. Look at that. Man, I am wrong about so many things, but I can at least hang on to that one a little bit, although no one's ever going to give me credit for it. Uh, Godspeed, Don. Matthew Ogles. Question, Aslan and Corey. So going full picture this season, I believe we are eight or possibly nine win team. What are the chances FSU plays Texas A&M in a bowl game? What are your thoughts on that matchup? I think it'd be low scoring. Um <laughs> I would, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't even want to sit here and pontificate. I, I have no idea. I mean, I think they are possibly an eight-win team for sure. Um, I don't know if A&M is an eight-win team, but yeah, I, you know, these bowl, these bowl guys all want, and ESPN wants marquee, like matchups that matter and Florida State and storylines. And because these bowls, look, man, when you're playing in a bowl that isn't for anything, which is another great thing about the playoffs, it gets more, kids playing longer and not just giving up on the season with a game or two left because of the draft. If you're in a game like this, like, you know, the and is going to probably have nine guys sit out. Florida state's going to have some guys sit out because it's a bowl game, but still. So with that in mind, the bowls have never been worse. Like they've just never been worse. They've never been worse watches because so many stars don't play, but FSU and A&M would still present a great storyline that ESPN would love and covet. Yeah. It looks like there's only really one option with the way these, because I don't think AM could rally and make it to a New Year's Six Bowl. So it looks like you're either tax slayer or you can maybe get into the Orange Bowl. But again, I don't Florida State possibly could, but I think AM's already got three losses. So I would yeah. find it highly unlikely they were able to maneuver themselves in there. But yeah, I mean it was supposed to be what Wake Forest or NC State and AM last year in the in the Tax Slayer Bowl, but AM had COVID or was that I think yeah. NC State had COVID, right? Oh, you're right. AM had COVID. NC State couldn't play. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Tax Slayer Bowl, that's a possibility. And I agree with Corey Sentum. I think it would be low scoring. I think Florida State would win. I think okay. Florida State would win. Uh, okay. Provided they don't lose anybody else health-wise. Right. Everybody plays right. that, that wants to play. 
All right. What else do we got here, everybody? Um, plenty of questions. All right. Maybe not as many questions as I thought we had. Let's um, go to Kyle. Get down, lay down. Hey, guys. Sorry I'm late. You're not late, man. Yeah, you're right on time, buddy. Do you think we need more Wildcat? Do you have a prescription? Do you have a fever and the only cure is more Wildcat, Corey Clark? I mean, I don't. There haven't been a ton of like third and shorts where you feel like they just got blown up. That I, like last year they were so bad they seem to be pretty bad on on short yardage, like third and short yardage. This year, not it doesn't seem that bad. Um, but yes, I, I mean, I don't know if if Jordan Travis isn't going to run, but six times a game or four, four times a game, um, it might make sense to do a little bit more of that. I don't know. I know. I mean, Corbin was their guy last year or the year before, honestly, that ran that the most. Um, have they run? How much have they run it? They've done it some this year, right? Didn't they do it against LSU a couple times? I'm Lundy. trying to remember. And then Lundy, Lundy scored on a wild. Yeah, that's cat, right. right. Yeah, that's yeah. So they've done it a few times, and they don't seem to have done it since. Um, but I don't really re- recall a bunch of situations like second goal from the two where they where they skewed it for something else. So yeah, I, mean, I sure. I mean, whatever. I I wouldn't maybe mind it this week. Um, just give Clemson something different that they haven't prepared for. Um, and also if Jordan's not going to be maybe the willing runner you want him to be, well, whoever's taking that snap is going to be a willing runner. So that that's something, I guess. Thanks for the question, Kyle. Appreciate it. Um, nameless, uh, who I think at one point his name escapes me, but he used to actually have a name. Mm, ironic. Um, he wants to know what the, what the vibes were like for Braves fans last night out there, Corey. I mean, the rain delay was rough. I, I wish they would have told us at like two, hey, we're not going to play this till 7.30 um, instead of us getting down there at 3.15 and then waiting for four hours. Uh, but yeah, man, it was fun. It was cool. It was a it was a cool experience. Um, I think Brady and I are undefeated in the postseason going to Braves games. Now, we left one early that they came back to beat the Dodgers last year, but that's fine. It still counts as a W in my book. I started the game, so I was the, I was the fan of record, so I, I still get credit for that win. But yeah, it was fun. It was a good. It was a. Uh, it was a good crowd. It, it really was. There wasn't a much much offense, but there were a couple spectacular defensive plays by the Braves, which were really cool. They were kind of right in front of us. Aaron P, who you remember last week, was asking us how to go mm. about uh, having his children cr- select the correct loyalty allegiance to a Florida program. And Florida yeah. State, the wife is a Florida alum. Boys, my twins have been alive for two weeks, and we haven't won yet. Yeah, that's rough. I'm not going to call them a bad luck charm or anything, Aaron, but get it together. The civil war we spoke of at home last week has been off to a rough start, but no worries. The first win will be taking down Clemson 27-24. Let's hope, man. How about 27-6? to Like, it's not even a game. How about that, Aslan? Would you like that? Are we back to win big mode? I thought we were yeah. win big mode after the BC game. I, I want to be in win. Well, big then you played two be- much better teams. Um, but yeah, I guess now when you're playing the good teams, you just win close. But uh, still, it'd be cool if you if you just somehow dominated this game. But that's probably not going to happen. Doke. Well, I mean, easier said than done, Kevin Hickson. Uh, do you think Mike Norvell should have Jordan Travis watch Pat Mahomes and try to model his play after him? Uh, I mean, sure. I, I assume Travis watches Pat Mahomes, but uh, Jordan is not Pat Mahomes. So it's, you know, that's, there's not much you can do. You can't be like, Hey, you see how he flings it 35 yards on a rope sidearm and hits Travis Kelsey right in the mitts. Uh, do that. I, I just don't, Pat Mahomes is preternaturally, preternaturally really gifted. And he just has some gifts that not only does Jordan Travis not have, but 99% of the people on earth don't have. 
By the way, sorry, Patrick. We're just reading the, the words that are on the screen. It's His mom says Patrick, so hmm. Patrick it is. Pensacola Packbuster. Should we be worried about games on the schedule like Georgia Tech and Syracuse? Those seem to be sneaky tough. Look, man, there's nothing sneaky about Syracuse. Uh, they're ranked. Uh, they're, they're undefeated. Um, they're at home in that game. Now, they probably won't be undefeated when Florida State gets to town or they'll be the biggest story in college football, but they're going to have a winning record and they're going to be at home. Uh, yes, of course. I, I, I don't think that's sneaky at all. I think Syracuse, if they're not favored in that game, will be, um, you know, maybe a one or point, one or two point underdog, depending on how Florida State does these next three games. But yeah, that's yes, you should be. Florida State's not good enough to not worry about any of them. Georgia Tech's going to be on a three game winning streak unless they collapsed against Virginia, who's the worst team in the conference. You ca you got to worry about all these teams, man. Georgia Tech's not a pushover anymore. They've found something with the new coach. They're still not as good as you, but you know, the upsets happen all the time, man. So yes, I even Louisiana, apparently they at least have a good defense. Like all these games, you just can't you can't show up that Florida State is not to the point yet where you can show up and just dominate a game. I think Boston College was the anomaly. That's not the rule. That's that's just not the rule. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you can see those numbers on the screen. Shout out to the folks listening to the podcast. Syracuse. Tenth in total defense. That's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive. Sixteenth, ninth and ninth in scoring defense. Right. Now again, it's the the first half of their schedule has been very soft. The well, best team they played is Purdue. They, um, they played Louisville. They hammered Louisville better than we did, but it was at home. So yeah, I mean UConn, Virginia, and Wagner um, are th none of those teams are ranked. I don't know that any of those teams have a winning record aside from Purdue. Um, that it has been very, they barely beat Virginia. Like that, it, it has been a soft schedule. We're going to yeah. find out much more about them as we've talked about already. Um, the next four or five weeks, but you know, they're not, they're certainly not a pushover. Look at that. Yeah. Like, who signed up? Who's who signed off on that? Well, Oops, hey sorry. man, it's Syracuse. They get what the ACC tells them. I wonder. And yeah, so they play at Pitt before they get us. So yeah. Yeah, that, and that they whole, got eight week. They got out week the next week. That might be for the Atlantic Division title. Yeah. So Florida State might be a trap game for them. Yeah. Although maybe I'm not going to look at that part of the schedule anymore. The whole oh we get so and so the week after Clemson didn't really seem to do a lot of favors for us. So maybe it uh, isn't all that important who whoever yeah, plays. Yeah. Apparently not. Uh, before they. I blame off. Clemson. They didn't beat up those teams enough. Uh, by the way, Samurai, I know we we just touched on it too. He was asking about it, but I guess maybe we can dig deeper. Are you guys more nervous about Syracuse than Clemson? Georgia Tech presents a challenge just by variables. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I hey, I told Tom Lang I was rooting for the Mets. Uh, I mean, I was rooting for the Mets in their playoff series. I wouldn't have rooted for them against the Braves, but yeah, I was. It's a, uh, you know, I, I got some Brave uh, Mets fans that I'm that are friends with, and I, I, I legitimately felt bad for them, not for losing to the Braves and the NL East, but just for you know getting knocked out of the playoffs so quickly. Um, no, you're still more nervous about Clemson. And yes, Georgia Tech does present a challenge. I think their defense is solid, and uh, they got a quarterback that can run. He can't do much else, but he can run around. Um, so yeah, man, it's I, 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 you you should win that game. Hopefully, you win that game comfortably. But if you don't, if you're on a three game losing streak, which you very well could be, you get a week off, and then you come back and struggle against Georgia Tech. Yikes! So let's hope that uh, well, it won't matter because they won't be a th on a three game losing streak, will they, Aslan? No, They'll just sir. beat in Clemson. No, sir.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want you to answer this one, Corey. Um, San Antonio, Noel Lee. Thanks for the question. They also asked about Josh Burrell. Why isn't Josh Burrell being used? Uh, Josh Burrell made a couple good plays on Tuesday, in Tuesday's practice. Um, All right. With Tate at, at the helm. So Okay. Um, but do you believe that Coach Norvell legitimately understands how to use a beefy six-foot-seven wide receiver? I don't mean three passes a game. I mean bread and butter as the clear effing number one wide receiver, even if he does drop a pass. I think he needs to learn. He needs to be a little bit better about it than he's been, um, especially when you have when you get inside an opponent's 25-yard line and you you have so much trouble scoring. Um, I, I Like, he throws to him a lot. Like, he had eight targets in that game, Johnny Wilson did. Um, he caught two of them. Now, he dropped two, four weren't great throws, or he was covered, or they were kind of just throws out of bounds. Um, but he... I, I just don't quite understand when you're struggling as much as you do in the red zone or have this year after being pretty good last year, struggling this year. And then you have that guy out wide. And as far as I remember, Aslan still, um, they've thrown it up to him once in the red zone since maybe the LSU game. They've thrown it up to him once. And that was in the Wake Forest game. And he caught it and made look, DB look like a child. And I just don't understand why you'll throw it down the field from your own 30 to him on a, on a, just a stop, just like go up and get it play, but you don't do it from their 30, which would end up being a touchdown. I, I would, yes, I would do it a little bit more often. Sure. Maybe it's not there as much as we'd like it to be, but I mean, do they, are they stacking their DBs on top of each other and standing on their shoulders? Like it, it could be three guys around and like picture um, Shaq playing against a bunch of six, five guys. Like, yeah, you could triple guard Shaq with six, five guys, but it's Shaq. Just throw it up high. It doesn't matter how many guys are there. He gets higher than all of them. Um, now, you you obviously don't want to um, – and I'm just talking mainly about down the sideline, man. You don't want to force it to him in the middle of the field because safeties can come over and intercept that. Um, linebackers can step in front and intercept that. But on fades, throws down the sideline, I almost don't even care if a safety rolls over the top. You're going to back shoulder it anyway. You're going to throw it up where he kind of just stops and jumps. The safety won't have time to get over there, you wouldn't think. But what do I know? I've never coached a six seven guy, so I don't know how to do it. Corey is one of the brave. I think actually I'm in the minority. I think there's four of us. I think there's seven of us that made game picks. Corey picked Florida State to beat Clemson. So I Pensacola Packbuster says, "What do you believe the offense has to do to succeed against Clemson?" Then throw it up to Johnny Wilson. Uh, no, you you've got to be you you've got to be. I was going to say you got to be able to run the ball at s- some way, but you're just not going to be able to. Um, you've got to have a nice, in my opinion, a, a consistent passing attack where it's not all either a 30 yard play or nothing. You, you've got to be able to move the chains with your passing offense. And I'm talking about picture the last drive against NC state. There were two pa- There was one pass to Toa Feely that was 10 yards. There was another pass that was nine yards. Those are the kind of plays you need. Um, in my opinion, to have sustain sustained success against Clemson. If you're going to move up and down the field, otherwise you just got to get, you got to hit three big plays. You've got to hit a couple long touchdowns and you're going to have to have a couple other big plays. Uh, You're not going to 
the way Florida State's offense is currently constructed and the way it tries to run the ball, it's just not going to succeed against Clemson. And second nine isn't the way to live. So, you know, you got to figure out a way to move the ball where you can't depend on the run, especially also because your best running back is probably out, which isn't good news when you're playing the best team on your schedule. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Tofili for 10. Johnny for 31. Targeting. Yep. Tofili for seven. Yeah, it was working. It was there. It so. was there until, until it no longer was there. And, uh, you know, I, you could also just get to the, hey, we don't have anything else that we can turn to. We're just going to throw it up to our guys and hopefully they make plays. You know, that that can happen too. Because if you're going to wait for somebody to break open across the middle of the field, you're not going to have a ton of time for those kind of throws, in my opinion, against this defense, against this defensive line in particular. And their linebackers are really good too. Really bummer that Trayshawn might not be playing in this one. I mean, I think he's – actually, I don't know. Maybe Lawrence is maybe your, your best receiver out the backfield. But I feel like a lot of – there's going to be a lot of sneaking out the backfield, I think, is going to have to help out. Because I, I assume they'll spy or they'll be very – very focused on Jordan, whether he's going to keep. Yeah. Uh, so when you've got a full head start as a running back coming out of the backfield, I mean, you need to be able to get upfield and, and find some soft spots and, and make an easy catch. It's three yards and just get upfield and make it six yards. And It'll be interesting, too. Yeah. Like, you got to imagine they're going to have a spy, and they've got some linebackers that can do that. And they're, they're always going to rush four because they're four down front and they got four great linemen. So you're talking about five guys that are solely within four yards of the line of scrimmage. And if you have five guys out in a pattern, now somebody, you could rightly say, well, you need to keep in somebody to block. I get it. But if you're going to run five wide, not five wide necessarily, but like that last play against NC State, if you have five guys out in a pattern, well, that means there's only one safety. So one side of the field, there won't be really probably much safety help. And that is a matter of your receivers going and winning and making plays. You're going to have a, I think you're going to have some real one-on-one opportunities in this game to go make plays. Scott Beckett. I was sure penalties would improve under Norvell, but I think the past two games we've had about 100 yards in penalties. What have you seen in practice or otherwise about how Norvell addresses this? As long uh, I mean, practice, they actually. I mean, there was a. Did we lose him, gang? Did we lose Aslan? It looked like he was going to make a pretty solid point. Um, you know, now we look at look how much he's thinking right there. Eyes tilted left. Corner of his corner of his face. You know, when you tilt your eyes left like that, you're thinking of something. That's not lying. Don't think that he's coming up with a lie. Um, but anyway, um, I don't even know how much. I, I I assume you can still hear me. I assume I'm. Uh, these are coming through loud and clear. My my thoughts. Oh, there right, he is. Right, right. I'm back. Sorry, man. Maybe somebody's attacking my internet. It happened yesterday. Uh, you're all blurry. You got blurry face. Ah, uh, that's your, that might be your internet now. Maybe oh, it's mine. Right. I'm sorry, everybody. We're still here though. Yeah, on Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday, maybe it was Wednesday, uh, there was a seven-on-seven and a defensive back I thought was in good coverage. The pass wasn't completed, went over the head of the receiver, and Norvell was really upset with the way that the coverage was played. I don't know if it was, I don't know if he, I don't know what he did wrong, but something was not right, and Norvell voices displeasure with it. And then, like, the very next play, there was a false start penalty. Yeah. Uh, and we don't see, we don't see them. There's not a lot of them jumping off sides. Yeah. And, Two years ago, when McKenzie was here, man, there was a lot of pre-snap penalties. Like, not so much a legal procedure, but false start. There was bad snaps, too. 
we haven't seen a lot of it, but like he he doesn't stop practice. I mean, I don't know if you folks want him like to stop practice and make everybody do up downs after they do a penalty. They might do some of that stuff. When do they? He mentioned something about accountability runs. Maybe they do. Maybe and we're not able to watch everything at practice. We see about ninety nine percent of it though. So maybe I'm guessing maybe accountability runs is what they do um, perform in that sort of one percent that we don't see, Corey. We've because we've we've heard about it, yeah, right? Could be, yeah. That that might be. It's the it's the punishment aspect that we're not there for. Um, yeah, I'm sure they there. He he clearly doesn't coach it that way, and and I'm sure there are ramifications for when you have a penalty. But then, like you know, when you just bring it up, and I you know, again, I know what I'm wearing. I know I'm repping it, but some of the penalties are nonsense. You know, there was probably two personal fouls in that game that shouldn't have been personal fouls. So now you're down to 70 yards. Um, you When you play Wake Forest and when you play NC State in this league, you're going to get hammered with penalties. It has been that way for 30 years. It's just the way it is. Um, so I don't, I, I don't look at that team and say that's an incredibly undisciplined team. Not these last two weeks. Now, they had a, a stretch there, which, which wasn't great. But, like, Robert Scott has a hold. That's Jordan Travis's fault because Jordan Travis scrambles out to the wrong side and Robert Scott feels like he has to tackle his guy and that ends up being a hold. It's a good call, but it's a hold that I don't know that that's undisciplined. It's just a guy trying to help out his teammate and it's a quarterback making a bad read and a bad decision. And then Johnny Wilson gets called for OPI. But did he do something wrong? I don't know. We never saw a replay. Asked Norvell about it. He said it was bang, bang, which to me meant it shouldn't have been called. But, you know, he's not going to rip the officials, I guess, because he, you know, I, you know, I don't know why. If if I was Norvell, I would have come out guns ablazing after the after the personal foul on on Joshua Farmer. But because I mean, what's ten thousand dollars to a guy making five million? What is that, Aslan? What what does that equate to to somebody making fifty thousand dollars? Is that ten bucks? Is yeah. that a hundred dollars for somebody making fifty thousand dollars? Fifty thousand dollars a year? It's um two percent of their salary. I mean, ten thousand would be two percent of his salary. So yeah, so then ten percent of fifty thousand is five thousand. So then yeah, that's no, no, no. You're making me know. do math, for man. It. Our math is sorry, guys. Sorry, we've gone off the rails. But anyway, so I just yes, the penalties aren't great, but I I I just I I knew this going into the game. About a grand, be about a grand, a little bit over a grand. Okay, I I knew t- really. I guess it would be yeah. Um, okay, then yeah, I I get it. Maybe a thousand dollars is. I mean, still, you're making five million. Joshua Farmer deserves a $10,000 fine for how bad that call was. Um, and I think the fines go to like charitable stuff too, right, Aslan? I mean, I know it does in the NFL. I assume maybe the ACC, like, I don't know. I don't know what they do with that money when they find someone. Um, what they When Krikorian got fined for not going to the ACC tournament. But I, I think that when you watch this team, like I was saying, I don't think it's undisciplined necessarily. There's not a ton of false starts anymore. Um, the holds aren't crazy, you, you, but you, there's, they're, they're just crippling ones. Like Renardo green grabs a kid that's 15 yards. Josh farmers called for a personal foul, which was ridiculous. Micah Pittman. I thought his personal foul was ridiculous, um, uh, which was offsetting, which was a big play after the interception. Um, so there's, there's things like that, that I just don't put a ton of stock into, um, OPI too. Good grief. They had four 15 yard penalties in that game. Well, it's, you're not going to win a lot of games when you do that. That was me rambling. Sorry, everyone. I mean, they're. But it's not just one game. That's I guess you can say it's the referees, though. It's this conference. I mean, they're 104th for total penalties uh, per game average, uh, and then yardage-wise, they're like 120th. So that's yeah, that's Taggart-esque. 
That's oh, it absolutely is. But I, I, it's also Jimbo-esque and Bowden-esque. I'm to the point now, man, which it's not a coincidence that no matter who you hire, when you come to Florida State, you're going to get, I mean, it, unless it's Saban and he comes with a, you know, a reputation, they're going to be, you, you know, you're, this is how it's going to be, man. It's just how it's going to be. I mean, it's, it's four coaches in now and it's all, they're always ranked back there. I think they're, I don't think they're an undisciplined team, but the yeah. ACC is going to call them for a lot. The, the ACC loves calling penalties, man. They just do. And I agree. I don't, I don't think they're undisciplined, um, but I don't, I don't know what you would describe them, though. I mean, they are highly penalized, but I don't know. So, don't like, you know, in, in going back to Willie and also going back, Jimbo, it was the fall, it was false start university. That was ridiculous over and over and over again. Willie, it was a lot of pre snap alignment stuff. Like the receivers just weren't on the line of scrimmage. You don't see a ton of that kind of stuff, but not, not that you get absolved or you get a break because your team keeps committing 15 yard personal fouls. I, the Dylan Gibbons one was well earned. That, that should not belong in this program. Um, but the other ones, I don't, you know, Renato Green was beaten, didn't give up, want to give up a touchdown. And then, um, you know, the other three, I don't agree with. So there's half your penalty yards were on plays that I don't agree with, but it's Florida state and the ACC. It's what happens. Justin asked, what do you think about Florida state's running defense? Wake Forest and NC state profited running the ball. Yeah. Couldn't stop it. Both games at all. It's a problem, Justin. It's, I mean, it's, it's the Wake reason Ridge I think Clemson would Wake win this game. Wake didn't even average four yards a carry. I know they ran for, but that's the thing. They ran for 170 yards, not good, but they averaged like 3.8 yards a carry. So, I mean, they held Sam Hartman to under 300 yards, which I don't think anybody else has. Held him under, under 240. They held him under the two, like he threw for 230 yards. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't oh, know, man. Uh, but but it, it's, it was a lot of six yards here, eight yards there. Now, you did get some stops, especially in the second half, but. You know, I don't know how many tackles for loss Florida State had in that game that weren't sacks, but it wasn't many. Um, and the same thing with NC State, the same thing with Louisville. I mean, you're giving up. These aren't great rushing attacks. Wake Forest is a very good offense, but I don't – I don't. NC State is not. Um, and, and Louisville has a quarterback that can run, but I don't know that they have a great rushing attack. And you're getting just – you're getting beat pretty bad in the interior. And that goes back to who you have there. You know, that's all. You, you, you don't have Fabian Lovett. Robert Cooper has been banged up. His backups have been banged up. And you just don't have a lot of depth and a lot of talent there. Drive so that, you, that that lends itself to doing that. Yeah, man. You held them to 405. I, mean, that's, I don't know that's, you don't want to brag about that, but it's Wake Forest. It's a pretty potent offense, man. They ran for 171 yards. They averaged 3.4 rush yards. I mean, that's... Well, but and I know you don't do this. This is how college football, because they're idiotic. This is how they compute their stats. Without the sacks, they ran for 202 yards and averaged 4.3. That's not great. Not at home. Not against a team that uh, isn't great at running the ball. They ran for 202 yards. Um, just, you know, that's not incredible. It's not awful. But again, I think Flor I, I, again, I think Florida State leads the country in least number of 30-yard plays allowed. I think they lead the country. Like this I is a they had the most. I thought they had the most plays of over like no, no, yes, I no, they're one of the more explosive offenses, but I think defensively they've yeah. given up only one pass this year of over 30 yards. And I, I can't remember a lot of 30 yard plus runs either. Like literally, they might have given up two plays or three plays all year of over 30 yards. Um, and they don't they don't give up big plays. It was just a constant kind of head against the wall, three yards here, four yards here, three yards there. The one kid had 
you know, the one kid averaged six six yards per carry. The other kid was kind of the battering ram. Um, so yeah, he had thirty. He had a thirty-five yarder. Yeah, man, I bet. I bet Florida State's given less, given up less than three, given up less than five plays this year of thirty yards or more. They they have done a great job of not just having. And I, I need to find some wood to knock on. They've done a great job of not having horrible busts in the secondary and giving up enormous plays. They made teams go earn their drives, right, Aslan? Like even yes. NC State and Wake, those drives to start the second half that bothered all of us. At least they weren't one play, eighty-four yard drives. Um, so they've done a much better job there. They're a solid defense, but if Will Shipley is going to give run for 140 yards, you're probably not winning this game. If DJ gets a bunch of second and threes, you're not going to win this game probably. Hey, folks, your favorite athletes, uh, they strive to put themselves in winning position, and it's about time you did too with my bookie. My bookie's got the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. You can bet on the NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs, which Corey's not quite there yet only when they make it to the world series and you can also get big cash prizes via their blackjack tournaments they have if you've been waiting for the right time to get involved and get in on the action that time is now make your winning season today sign up in my bookie use the promo code WarChant. your first deposit will be matched dollar for dollar instantly when you use that promo code WarChant and you sign up uh, for an account there over at my bookie right now it's it states steady man it is steady eddie Corey clemson still a three and a half point favorite the over-under, 51 points. Sign up at my bookie. Use the promo code WARCHANT. Claim your bonus. Every Experience every sport you, you wanted in a new light. Make it winning season mm-hmm. for you. Is there any game that you want me to check on? Corey, you, you, I, I keep saying you need to give us some winners, but then I don't hold your feet to the fire, and then I forget about it. So Yeah, and I don't even remember what I picked last week. I'm sure I lost both of them, but I don't, I don't even remember what I picked. What do you got? Mississippi State, Kentucky? Yeah. So, Kentucky see, doesn't have quarterback though you know quarterback's not going to play yeah so man look at that money line for mississippi i might bet kentucky on the money line just to see if you get i mean if you get lucky um but but yeah you know no none of the none of these are striking my fancy buddy Ooh, give me that memphis east carolina game real quick oh all right oh man you're gonna get you're gonna give memphis five points are you crazy are you nuts take memphis in the five thank me later everyone With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mike Waller asks, does Adam Fuller drop more pressures with man to make DJ Uwe Ungale beat us in Doak? I think it's going to be very similar to what you've seen all year. I, I think that uh, they're going to play that shell. They don't, like I said, they don't give up a ton of big plays in the, in the secondary. They make the whole, the whole goal is to make a team drive down the field. Um, and it's worked pretty well for this defense. I mean, they're top 30 in the country in, in total defense um, with some really significant injuries. So that I, I think that I think that'll be the plan is unless Clemson just continue, can batters them in the middle of the line and has a bunch of uh, you know a bunch of nine, 11, eight yard runs in the first few drives and he has to change, I don't see a, I don't see a lot of risky defense out wide. I think they're going to make see if DJ can drive him down the field like 11 play drives, 13 play drives. 
That said, they play man. I mean, they play a good portion of man to man anyway. It's just the man to man has the safety help over the top typically. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's in love with Florida State's cornerbacks right now. So I don't. I don't think you want to bring pressure. I mean, it, I'm not. Yeah, there's a difference between having a pass rush and, and bringing pressure. They need to be able to get home with four, maybe five occasionally, because man, DJ's done a good job. He's a big dude. He hasn't yeah. been all that scared. You know, Jeff talked about on the War Chant report. I mean, he'll he'll stay in the pocket and he'll wait for something to get open and he'll absorb the hit. Yeah, and he'll put it up there for his. They got some pretty athletic receivers. Maybe not as talented as Wake Forest, but guys that could. You know, maybe make some contested catches, maybe elicit a defensive pass interference penalty. So, um, I don't know if I want to see them bringing a lot of heat, but you know, I mean, they did against Wake. I mean, they they were doing safety blitzes. I mean, Jamie was blitzing yeah. from 15 yards off the ball and, and trying to affect the quarterback. So. I think that's more of a that was specific to that mesh craziness. Yeah. Um, I I think I don't I don't foresee a ton of safety blitzes or maybe even a lot of blitzes. Period. The crazy thing is, yeah, man. DJ is bigger than almost everybody trying to tackle him. When you think of like Florida State, let's say they have a front four of Verse, and he's bigger than Verse. He's certainly bigger than Peyton. Those two guys are coming off the edge. It's going to be hard for Patrick Peyton, even if he beats the snot out of his tackle, to get that dude on the ground. He's a massive person. And then if you blitz your two linebackers, same thing. He's bigger than both of them. So it's going to be a... He's a tough guy to bring down, but I don't think he's a tough guy to maybe force into a couple errant throws, and you just got to, you know, catch him. He's not bigger than Jared Verse. He's 6'4", 235, but he's bigger than all your linebackers. What's Verse? Verse has got to be close to that, right? I think I thought he was like uh, 250-ish. Man, Verse uh, is a man, machine. He's a animal. He's crazy. 6'4", six, six, 248. Okay, all right, there you go. So similar size guys, right? But Verse is faster. Verse probably has a little more power, too, so he can probably put him on the ground. Derek Neal, do you think Dabo Sweeney, they canceled the game because they were afraid COVID season soliloquy still angers Mike Norvell? Let's win this game, go Knowles. It angers Let's, me. Before that, can we can we at least maybe, and I'm not the positive silver lining guy, can we maybe at least appreciate that in two years, that was maybe something that people outside Florida State circles thought and like now that now you're you're three and a half point underdog and have a legitimate shot of beating them. And two years ago, people thought maybe Florida State dialed it in to avoid getting, you know, taken to the woodshed. I mean, That's they would have lost on. by I think the spread was in the mid 30s. Right. I mean, they, they would have lost. Now the spread's a three point spread two years ago when they were come, when they were actually in Tallahassee before the game was canceled. It might have been 38. I, I don't even know what the spread was, but it was enormous. Um, it should have been 40. It should have been 50. They would have named their score. I think you can't appreciate that. And a half. Sorry, Corey, I mean, 35 that's and crazy. A, half. a home underdog, 35 and a half points. Here you are two years later, and you've sliced 32 points off that number. That is a sign. And I was I was thinking about this today because, you know, I, I, I picked Florida State to win. I definitely think they can win. Like I said on headlines, I give them a 51% chance of winning, but that clearly means it's basically a coin flip. It's a 49% chance of losing. Um, I... When you look at the totality of this program and where it is from where, where he got it, it is in better shape, and they are taking steps. I, I know people – somebody even asked this on headlines about if he goes – if he loses this game, is he automatically on the hot seat again? And wow. it's well, it's like, no, of course not. He just lost three games to three good teams, um, and you you assume he was in – he was in two of them for sure. He might have – he probably is going to end up being in all three of these games which was not the case two years ago. And I think as you're judging a program and its advancement, as long as there isn't a backward step, you feel good about the progress, right? 
Like this year, if they go six and six, to me, that's a backward step or a side step. It's a sideways step, even though it would be a better record than last year, especially starting out four and oh, if you finish two and six, that is a backward step to me. And then we can have the conversation. But you can't look at this program right now and how competitive it is and not see that it's made progress, real progress, tangible progress, not just in record, the way it looks, the 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 numbers. You know, I told you, Aslan, that according to Pro Football Focus, Florida State's the 14th best team in the country overall. They have the fourth best offense, which is goofy. We love PFF, but that I don't know where they get that number. Um, their defense isn't that high, but overall, they have them as like the 14th best team. I think when you look at the efficiency numbers of, of all these other little these weirdos and their the weirdos in their labs that come up with this, um, you know, I, I think Florida State's in the, somewhere in the top 20 to 25, which is really different. So that to me is cool. That to me, so go up top as long. Oh, so they're 16th. Is that what that says? Yeah, but maybe this is this is all 133 or 130 uh, FBS teams. If you want to maybe say Power Five, um, yeah. So, but I mean, when you look at that man, that that's last year. I mean, two years ago on the PFF, I have to imagine they were in the 80s. And again, we don't we don't win games on PFF formulas. I get it. You win on the scoreboard, but that that you just see that it's a better program, and it is taking the steps, and he is funneling players into this thing. Um, you know, just. Don't throw interceptions into the end zone in the 23 yard line. I mean, you figure you would just be able to click on power five and it would just sort by power five, but uh, it's not working like that for your guy right now. So they're behind James Madison and Illinois. Don't sleep on Illinois now, Aslan. And North Dakota State and Tarleton yeah. State. Okay. Well, look, so put as much stock or. <laughs> as little stock as you want into those numbers. The point remains, they are they are a top 25-ish caliber team. We, you can't argue with that. Um, it's just, you know, you want to be in the top 20, 25 eventually, but considering where they came, it, it they, they, they are, these are positive steps. They're not leaps. He has not made a giant leap forward, but he's made positive steps. And eventually, if you keep taking enough positive steps, you will get to the finish line. It just will be a while. Like the people that walk the marathon, Aslan. It still counts, right? It yeah. just takes them like 11 hours to do it. But they still get there. They still get the t-shirt. Florida State can still get can still win the or get finish the race and get to the finish line. You'd like them to sprint. You'd like them to maybe pick up the pace a little bit, but right now they're doing all right. You take this one, Corey. How's AJ Duffy like to practice ask Gator Kirk? I it's hard to say. Let me let me be. Let me. It's hard to say. Um, he he doesn't work a lot with the ones. Um, or, uh, he, he just why would he? And so he's playing. You know, behind different kinds of lines, and he's playing with. Uh, and this is in the set. Well, in seven on seven too. But it's it's just hard to say. Like he makes some really nice throws occasionally, but there's also some work he has to do. Like he we we all think he has some talent, but. He's got to work on some stuff too. He's got to work on some mechanical stuff, in my opinion. He misses some throws that just should not be missed. Um, but he's also a true freshman, and that comes with the territory. He does not look as good anywhere close to as good as the two guys in front of him. But what isn't that common? Isn't that normal? He but he I'll say this: he has he needs to take a leap. Next spring, he needs to look different. Between now and then, he needs to look different. Let's assume that Jordan Travis is gone. Well, if he's competing for the starting spot, he has to look different than he does right now. When he's behind center, he looks really confident. 
And the ball snapped in his hands, and he looks really confident. And then when it's time to make a read or two, starts coming down a little bit. Yeah, That's kind of what I've been noticing. But he's a young guy. He'll figure it out. And it's also, I mean, shout out Patrick Payton for knowing he was going to be redshirt last year, but working really hard and preparing like a starter. It's one thing to say that. It's another thing to actually live it. And that's what Fuller said. Although Papucha said that right about him. like yeah. He worked like he was going to be playing in those games, even though he wasn't. Although, listen, man, when Jordan Travis is the starting quarterback, I mean, no offense, but like you're not you're not just any run of the mill third string quarterback, man. You're like two and a half. I mean, you're you're that close to to being the backup quarterback, yeah. and you know Tate's been nicked up too. So, but you know when you're the third string guy, man, you know you're rolling out there, and there's guys with black jerseys on around you, and on the other side because you're playing against third team guys and you know walk ons. It's probably hard to elevate your game, but you're the quarterback, man. You're the you're the face of the franchise. You got to be able to to rise up, as they say, in Atlanta. Our guy, Timothy Dangerfield, wants to rise up. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Thank you, Timothy. 50 bucks in the jar. There we go. TD, what up? Hello from Tennessee. Just want to say hi. Let you know I still hope to meet you at the Florida game. I fell and fractured my right leg. Ow. Yikes. Having surgery tomorrow should be healed one week before the Florida game. FSU 23, Clemson 21. Okay. All right. So two touchdowns and three Fitz Magic field goals. I like it. I like it. Lots of Fitz Magic. Hope you get better, Timothy. Was it fibula, fibia, tibia? Hopefully it's not your femur. You probably would be high on drugs right now, not being able to communicate. Femur's a it's a big bone. Big bone. Man, I'm telling you, I um and those those leg breaks can be pretty disgusting. And and sometimes not they don't like Charlie Morton. They I only know this because during the rain delay last last night. I'm not I knew it before, but during the rain delay yesterday, they just showed the Braves World Series video on the on the highlight screen, like the hour long thing the MLB puts together. And they concentrate a lot on Charlie Morton breaking his leg on a comebacker, and then he still pitched an inning. Yeah. And then he felt it when he broke. He struck out Altuve on a curveball, and then just walked off the mound. And he had broken his. What is the lower one? Is that the tibia or the fibia? Both of them. There's two legs in the bottom. The, you, your femur is your upper two leg bones bone. in the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah, the femur. Cool. Okay. So anyway, um, but then you you remember the Louisville basketball player? Oh, no. Don't remind me. Yes. Oh, uh, But you, it's crazy. No, what's crazy about that is just the reaction of the guys on the bench. But then um, they said afterwards that it was actually better for him because you healed quicker. Like it, it would be better to break it like that. I guess those are called, are those called compound fractures? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's better to break it like that than, you know, another way, I guess. Cause it, he, he was good to go in like three months. Oh, Kevin Ware was his name. I'll never forget yeah, it. Correct. Kevin Thank you, Timothy. Ware. Appreciate it, man. Benjamin Tuchert. Um, I will right, we'll go to FSU chief first. If our offensive line plays at the level they did against NC state, will that be good enough against Clemson? No, no, no. Although I don't, I don't think they were terrible in pass pro for the most part, but NC state was only rushing three many times too. So you should be able to handle five on three. Now you, you will not get many three man rushes against this group. You know, their two defensive ends are maybe the two def best defensive ends in the conference besides verse if verse is in there too. And then their tackles are back and they're awesome. So, you know, you're going to have to have the game. No, to answer you don't have to, the offensive line doesn't have the game of its life to win this game. Again, this Clemson team isn't, unbeatable their defense is very good up front though and the, the, that effort they had in the running attack 
against NC State will not work. And it's not just them getting beat, right, Aslan? It's not just, oh, I can't block the guy in front of me. It's the communication. It's guy. It's guys shooting gaps and them not getting over there and blocking in time or not getting just getting to the spot in time or not knowing who to block. Those are the things that will really have to be on point to have any sort of chance to have a running attack against that team. Large wall of text. I think it's Weber. Do we ever d- decide if it's Weber or Weber? Nick? I, I'm going to go with Weber. I, I think it's I, it's got to be Weber. All right. Weber Loves the show. Weber. We keep him entertained as he works in Savannah. We're four and two, but two tough losses. Uh, we've proven, have we proven we get stagnant on the offense with the lead LSU and NC state, which has to change. We're only a three and a half point dog uh, yet. We still have a lot of fans and folks that like us this weekend. It's crazy to me, but I love it. Why do you think we're so optimistic? I like, like so he wasn't, he wasn't even done. He it kept going after that. Yeah. I see the ellipses yeah, there's a... not being negative. I see this team as being one of the better ones in the country. It might be the best Florida state team of all time. Nick Weber. I don't know that I agree with that. Um, that's a weird statement to make, but I assume that's what you were about to type. We can't read the uh, bottom half of what you said. Um, look, man, I, I think it has to do with um, Florida State. This is Florida State played Clemson tough last year. Um, Florida State is not overwhelmed by these guys. They're not scared of this team. I think that helps mentally. I also think it helps that you know Clemson has not Clemson played Clemson's numbers against Wake and NC State, other than you know the important one like the wins and losses. Pretty similar to um, Florida State's numbers against those three, uh, including Boston College. And, you know, I just think it's a tough game. It's at night. Florida State looks like a good team. They're not a great team. Clearly, they're not a championship team, but they are good enough to beat this team. Doesn't mean they will. Nobody's predicting a big win. If they win at all, it'll be a close one. But they are good enough to beat this team if they play well. That's a spot. When was the last time you went into a Clemson game and realistically thought, if you played pretty well, you would beat them. 14? Uh, it, and that was without Jameis, right? Like 15, yeah. that was Deshaun up there, and and, and yeah. Dalvin was great. But I think most Florida State fans, especially because that was after the Georgia Tech game, most Florida State fans didn't think yeah. Florida, Florida yeah. State was going to play it even that close. I came up for 16. I had, I had faith. I had faith. Not a lot of faith, but I had faith. Yeah. Um, probably more than I have for this one. Um. I mean, I think part of it too is the whole transitive property thing. We've seen the box scores. Most of us, we maybe haven't watched all the games, but we've seen how they played against NC State and Wake Forest, and then how how close Florida State was from beating Wake Forest and NC State. And you think, and you see in your mind's eye, kind of how good Florida State can be yeah. when this offense is clicking and humming, and Jordan, whatever's being called, is he sees it and it's there for him. So you kind of believe, all right, man home crowd, a little bit of juice. If they can find that rhythm, uh, they can certainly hang. So I think that's all feeding into it. So. And I think, look, man, I, here's the, here's the, the, uh, the, the one factor that you just have to take into account. If, if their quarterback has a really good game, not just an average game for him, but a really good game, he plays one of his best game, maybe his best game of the season. You're not going to win. Um, you have to hope he plays, he find you know, water finds its level. You hope, and I know he's better than he's been, um, but he's still not an incredible quarterback. You, if he if he lights you up or just makes some amazing throws and some amazing scrambles and plays and throws really well and plays really well, yeah, man, you're you're not winning the game. Um, and he's been better than we thought he was going to be. Um, again, they they you know talk about ruts. Again, Florida State had a rut against NC State in the first a uh, second half and a rut against Wake Forest in the first half. Clemson at Boston College went went 
field goal, punt, interception, punt, punt, got a ball at the Boston College 28-yard line, went in and scored right before half. So they weren't lighting it up either offensively. They have ruts too. This is not a go up and down the field, going to put up 50 on you typically again. So, you know, you, you hope it's a close game late. Maybe you affect the quarterback and he makes a bad play. Well, winding things down as we approach the top of the hour here on Wake Up Board Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill and powered by DeLuna Coffee, DeLunaCoffee.com. Benjamin Tuchert, 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 Touche, Touche. I would say, I'd say Tuchert. Tuchert? I'm going to say Hot for Tuchert. To- that Van, wasn't that Van, that Van Halen song? Yeah, yeah. I'm hot for two shirt. I'm not saying I am. I'm saying, you know, I'm sure there's women in your life that are. Has FSU given away the last two games in your opinion? No, no. I think I think um you could certainly argue the NC State game. Yes. They they gave it away, not the Wake Forest game. I mean, they were down, they gave up 28 straight points in that game. Um, so way I think Wake just kind of took it. And Wake had that drive at the end of the game after you cut it to seven. Now, again, Greedy Vance helped, but whatever. I think Wake deserved to win that game. I do not think NC State deserved to win that game. I think you threw them the game. You literally threw the ball to them. And your punter did something impossible to believe. I still can't believe it happened. Um, And you got some ridiculous – you got a bad personal foul call. Well, you got two bad personal foul calls, and then you earned another one. And all those mattered. I, I just think you were the better team. I think you had 300 yards of offense in the first half, and you had two touchdowns. Um, you, you just kind of gave them the game, but so, yeah, I, I, but you know, did you earn the Louisville game? You know, did, did Louisville give that game away with some, some bad plays late or not covering 14, you know, putting Jarvis Brownlee on 14 for the whole game. Like there's always ways to look at it, but I do think that's what's so frustrating. This should be a five and one football team. Was the person, didn't the personal, was the personal foul on Micah, was that assessed or was that offsetting? No, they the referee did the whole talk saying, hey, we're going to mark off both of them. We're going to mark off one and mark off the other. So if you don't call the Micah Pittman one, and look, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that the one on Jordan Travis deserved to be flagged either. It kind of looked like Travis grabbed him and they both fell down on each other. Um, but Micah Pittman's trying to rip the ball out as they're running out of bounds. Now he could have, I guess, stopped doing it, but he didn't like pick him up and body slam him. He's just trying to rip the ball out. It's like you, when you see in the NBA – Patrick Beverly, when he wants to inbound the ball, just kind of rip it out of a guy's hand. That's what Pittman was doing after the play was over because he was frustrated. I, that's not a penalty. It's not a personal foul, man. He's ripping the ball out. He's not punching the guy in the throat. Um, but anyway, if that doesn't happen, then NC State starts that drive on like, I don't know, the 50, 40, their own 45, I think. I don't remember where they got the ball. Maybe they got the ball there in the 40. So if you take that away, they're at their own 45. And maybe that changes the complexion of the game. I don't think they scored after that. I think Florida State forced a punt. Um, and But, you know, maybe instead of getting the ball at the eight, you get the ball at your own 20. And then maybe at the end of the game, when the ball's at the 23, maybe it's at the 11. And maybe you're throwing it up to 14 instead of throwing a 23-yard fade to Micah Pittman. Or maybe you're just centering it for a field goal. All that stuff matters, Aslan. Second but part the ACC of the refs keep trying to screw us. Second part of the question, was the offense better last year with Travis running more often than this year with him passing? No, I don't think so. I think we're. I think you're judging it a little bit on what you've seen the last two weeks. Um, again, the the offense put up 300 yards in the first half against NC State. Don't don't lose sight of that. Like that's a big deal. They. I don't. That's a huge number against a good defense. Now, second half happened too. I get it, but the ceiling of this offense is much higher. I think it's played 
by and large, at a much higher level than the one last year did. Um, it would be nice if he ran more, though. I'll just throw that out there. Hey, it's the good dentist, Zach Z. Chan. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Thanks, Zach. Happy he, Friday from Disney. Y'all hold it down Saturday. Is he confused about what day it is? Come on, Zach. You're a smart guy. It's Thursday, well, man. It's a Friday podcast. Well, that's true. Good point. But I feel like people watching this are confused. And, you know, obviously we got that great Thursday night game coming up with the Bears and the Commanders. That's going to be a nail biter. Uh, but thank you, Zach. That was very, very, very nice. I appreciate it, buddy. Zach, you're the man. Eric Angel. I can't says believe he's, So does that mean he's going to be in Disney for the I'm Clemson guessing. game? Well, you know, I mean, you know, the Atlantic title is kind of no longer in, in reach. Right, man. I mean, you could go to Disney on the bye week, bud, or the Georgia Tech game. That's a question that I meant to ask Norvell yesterday, and if I slipped my mind, Scott, Zach, where's Deuce been? Um, he's out he's there. Not, you think that's the Scott Zetch, the old, the the former, sorry, not old, the former Florida State baseball player? Wasn't there a like played in the J.D. Drew era, Scott Zetch. He had a brother, too, that played, I think. Look that up, Aslan. I'll, I, but, yeah, so the question is, where's Deuce been? Hurt or just trying to get back in the rotation? Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. I, of course, it is great. Um, I He played in the LSU game and seemed to be a part of the plans. And then he's been on the field, gang. Like, he was on the field for, I don't know, 15 or 20 plays uh, Saturday night in Raleigh. But they certainly don't make it a point to get him the ball like they seem to do in the first. I mean, they were running sweeps with him, hmm. right? They were running into rounds with yeah. Deuce. Yeah. And then he's just not a part of anything. I don't know is the answer to that. But we're going to get to the bottom of it. And I'm going to ask about, and it is, it's, it is, look at that. Look at Corey. I need, hey, ball. Brady needs some lessons, Scott. I know you were a, I think you were a second baseman. I think you were an infielder. Um, we, we, he needs some, he needs all of it. He needs all the, all the help we can get, buddy. I hope you live near the Atlanta area. I pay uh, top dollar for my son. He went to Boca Raton high school. I got him rocking the Boca shirt. So look at that. Shout nice. out. Man. Um, and I do want to ask about, is it, I feel like it's almost worth asking about like Keyshawn Helton. Like what is up? What is up with Keyshawn Helton? Not that, you know, they're a Keyshawn Helton play away from not winning a game, but like, how does a guy, fall out of plans that quickly when he hasn't done anything wrong. Um, shortstop, third baseman, and he closed out the career playing second base, Corey. Look at you. There you go. And then go down a little bit. My All man, right. my man brought it in the tournaments now. Now yeah. he would, he, he postseason baseball, baby. That's where, that's where Scott lived. Uh, that's good. So yeah, he would have played with JD. So yeah, those were good teams. Uh, David Ross. We all hate him, Scott. We all hate him. Um, Jared Armstrong, LSU, Florida. Who you got? Um, Florida. I just do not trust. I know Florida's quarterback hasn't been great, although he was pretty darn good against Tennessee. Um, but, man, LSU's, well, LSU's quarterback is just not good, and they do not, even with all those weapons, they do not throw the ball well enough, I think, to go in there and win. And to back to Deuce and Keyshawn, yeah, I mean, Keyshawn is just not a part of the plans, right? He's just not – there's no other way to say it. You know, they 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 ran Toa Feely in the slot. And they had Marquiston in on that final play, essentially in the slot. Keyshawn's just not a part of it. It's very bizarre. It's not just, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I mean, I assume he's probably banged up a little, but he's played some this year, but he just, it's not, he's not in their plans at all. And Deuce, you really want Deuce to be something. And I think he will be. I'd like to see him be a little bit 
bigger part of the game plan because there's there's not many guys on the roster quite like him. Uh, Bama, Tennessee. Uh, I man, if Bryce Young doesn't play Tennessee, uh, is Bryce Young good? I assume Bryce is going to play that game, right? Which that's that's crazy. You'd figure like Nick would make him like, man, I am not losing to Jimbo. You are playing, son. Take the shot, play. But I guess he's, I'm wrestling him up because I don't want to lose in the third Saturday in October. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with LSU being Florida. I'm got I got Bama being Tennessee. Just um, I think I got the exact opposite, gang. I got Tennessee and I got uh Why why aren't y'all asking us about these great ACC matchups? This is an ACC show, gang. We're not we're not we don't care about the SEC. Show them the shirt, Corey. Show them. Come show on, man. The shirt. Represent. Josh Heupel to Oklahoma. I don't know, man. I, that's a little early. I mean, he's where are we six games in? Um, so it's and I mean, Lincoln Riley just stole all the good players. Like he can't, I don't know that you can blame Venables for that. Like Venables could have tried to steal some Clemson guys, but they're not going with him to live in Norman. Um, so yeah, man, I, I give him some time. Uh, but if he does get fired, and Adam, let's say Fuller gets a job as like the head coach at Marshall or something, and you have an opening at DC, maybe, maybe old Venables wants to come back to the ACC. I think Charles Huff's all right at Marshall, but I know what you're saying. I, yeah. I understand. Somebody, I just said that because that's where he used to coach, Fuller. Yeah. yeah. Why not Chattanooga? Then he used to coach at Chattanooga. Or Wag. I think he coached at Wagner too, right? Or Robert Morris, one of those schools. There, there we go. All right. There's some, there's some yeah. ACC love. Pensacola Packbuster, Virginia Tech, Miami, Corey. I say Miami. I think Virginia Tech's very, really not good. And the other one, I Syracuse and NC State will be, if I don't know the prognosis on Devin Leary. Um, but if he's not playing, I like Syracuse to win that one pretty comfortably. All right. Let me see what the I don't know what the line on, on Miami is. Miami's favored by seven on the road yeah. against Virginia yeah. Tech. That's how bad Virginia Tech is. Because Miami's got a losing record, right? Are there three and three? They've lost three times, right? Yeah. I mean, they haven't beaten I don't think they have not beat a I don't think they beat a power five team. They've beat like Southern Miss, Bethune, and um maybe that's it. Maybe they only have two wins. Oh, so dude. yeah, so but that's how bad Virginia irrelevant Tech is. Team. My glasses, my glasses don't help me see irrelevant teams. It's only for like you know nearsightedness. Sure. You know? So, right. um, our guy, let us. All right, first off, Mark, uh, if you don't want to talk about, it, I have to talk about. It. I hope everything is well, man. I don't know how things are going back down in Naples, man, but I hope things are great. If you want to let us know, you can. If not, we'll just shut up and take your money. We appreciate the heck out of you, man. Glad to see and hear from you. 50 bucks. Sorry I'm late to the party. Thank you, Mark. It's again, man, you're I'm here in the lap of luxury in the Midtown mm, office, man, yep. and you're throwing money at me for me just doing my job, man. You're incredible, dude. You're also a pillar right there. Top name. Boom. M. Adam CZ. Corey, did you decide what you're going to do in the postgame wrap with Ira once we take down Clemson? I expect we're going to compete and win a close one, but what if we give Dr. Dabo and Clemson a beatdown? Woo! I, you know, Maybe a mask, like put a mask on, like maybe make it fun of the, you know, uh, COVID. Not, oh, like, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. I'd, I'd have to go. I'm sure I still got one in my car somewhere. I scrounged one up. Yeah. Um, like, Dabo, yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me from the mountain? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I have not. I have not. Um, you know, I, 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 I will come up with something if they beat Clemson. That deserves it. If Syracuse is champagne, we got to do something. Um, I don't know. I just don't know what it'll be, though. Okay. I don't know. Right. Maybe a hundred yard sprint. 
What if I did that? Like, oh, and you, you could, could you slow motion that Aslan as I run from the one end zone to the other, and then I just stop and we start the, we start the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then I might do that. You might just see a bald guy, probably shirtless, a bald guy way off in the distance, start slowly running towards you, and then he gets there and just does the show. What about what if you had a bag of uh, Cheetos, like Chester, Chester Cheeto? I mean, I know it's not a tiger; he's a cheetah, but like you just you smash the bag and like cheese puffs just went everywhere. You're like, we just crushed the tigers. I hate orange. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like no? I like my idea better. No. I just uh, something to take my shirt off. Yeah. We're not going to answer this question. Is Fabian Lovett playing? Uh, I will not be a party to uh, competitive disadvantages potentially for Florida State. Saturday, tune into WarChant.com's game thread pinned on the yep. Tribal Council. Yep, you'll know. Glory, you would know by six thirty, or no, sorry, six for a seven thirty game. You'll know by six six fifteen whether Fabian Love is going to play or not. The other zero almost certainly is going to play though. Old Jakai. Well, just saying, just throwing that out there. Maybe they throw if they throw him out at defensive tackle. Do you think that would confuse Clemson enough to be like, oh, Love it's playing, Love it's back. Uh oh, he's lost some weight. It's been a tough, tough rehab. Oh man! All right, Are all right. That's done, a Aslan. I get yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're over. We're over. There's there's good questions at the end. That was a good strong stop end. I like to. I wanted to end on a strong note. There's a lot of uh, high flying questions. A lot of people picking Florida State. Uh, who else? Somebody else picked Florida State. Everybody's picking Florida State. Go Knowles. It's awesome. Go check out the War Chant Report. Uh, check out the Jeff Cameron Show one to three o'clock on Friday. This is the Friday podcast. Wake up War Chant, and don't forget the pregame show. Hotel Indigo doors open at three thirty. Pre-game show op- uh, starts at four thirty with Jeff and Tom. Uh, that'll take you up to about kickoff, maybe an hour before kickoff, and then there'll be the watch along with Dominic Robinson, Tom Lang, and myself. Some combination post-game show with Gene Williams and Tom Lang. War chant rap with Corey and Ira. All the post-game interviews could be my pretty column, cool. Man. My five column. and two, five and two. Just believe in it, gang. It's it's it, it's gonna happen. They are going to beat Clemson again. This is not an unbeatable Clemson team. You are at home. You're wounded, but you're hungry. You should have nothing. You should play like you have nothing to lose. Um, you're you're not as good as them from top to bottom, but you don't have to be as good as them from top to bottom. You just have to be better than them for sixty minutes. That can happen. It can happen. And with you guys there making all the noise, it really can happen. You can make a difference. So uh, and also, uh, you know. Catch the ball, receivers. Catch the ball, and good things will happen. I promise. Also, don't forget Jordan Travis, the Tiger King, one to know against the Tigers this year. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Don't forget, they we get, got that. Yeah, hour, so. yeah, good times. Good times. Uh, thank you to uh, Timothy Dangerfield. Thank you to Dentist Zach. Thank you to Mark. Thank you all of y'all for posting your questions, being here. Hit the thumbs up on the way out. We certainly would appreciate it. You've been listening to Wake Up War Chant Live, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill and DeLuna Coffee. Have a great one, everybody. Go Knowles.